to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll share all we've learned about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. I'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Hello, my friends. In an effort to make everybody laugh, because this is quite funny, quite funny, is I have just spent the last, I don't know, three minutes, five minutes, whatever, insert period of time to make this story more funny, trying to figure out why (laughs) I couldn't get this thing to record, because there's all these little like setting button things that you can press, and you can check this setting and that setting, and then you can change it on your computer to this setting and that setting, and blah, 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 technology, technology, technology glory of podcasting but don't forget at the end of the day it's important to know to remember to turn your microphone on (laughs) anyway if we're all in pursuit of spending more time laughing then that story is a good one yes anyway there you go a little bit of amusement for your morning drive And I have to think of all of you guys who are just driving to or driving home from the market because I hear so many of you talking about that's when you're listening to the sounds of my wavering voice. And it must be just very entertaining when you're bleary-eyed and it's the middle of the night and you keep thinking to yourself, humans are not meant to be alive at this period in the day. So I love you and I am so appreciative that you're listening today. And I'm ridiculously excited for no reason particularly because when I say to you guys, today I'm going to talk to you about how to do a competitive review, you might want to take a hot skewer and poke your eye out, but you've gotten this far in, so I appreciate you. <laughs> anyway, this, this idea, this notion of very intentionally and methodically sitting down and spending a little bit of time thinking about you and your competition. And I am not talking about the hours and the thousands of kilojoules of energy that we collectively waste immersing ourselves in the world of Instagram and comparing ourselves to everybody else out there and telling ourselves how much we suck. No, wrong. That is 100% not the point. I wanted today to talk you through how you can conduct a very intentional competitive review to understand where you can differentiate differentiate yourself, hard word to say, differentiate yourself from the competition and how you can win your little war. And I know that sounds very aggressive, but you are in this little bubble. You are in this world to run this business and you are looking to make money. You are a legitimate business owner, right? So you guys have heard me talk about this before, this whole idea of if you were the CEO of Nike, of Apple, of Adidas, of ASOS, of whatever brand you want to be the CEO of, if you adopt that mentality, it's going to take you leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else. So you run a legit business, you are the CEO of your empire. Yes. Now, I can guarantee you because this used to be a job that I had in for reals life in the corporate world when I wore my fancy heels, had my spray tan, and my fake nails. Actually, they weren't fake. They were my nails, but they were that acrylic. No, they weren't acrylic. What were they? 
I don't know, whatever that stuff was that lasted for ages. But no joke, I used to have a spray tan. I used to wear high heels. used to spend buckets of money on fancy clothes. Get my hair did on the rigs. All the things. And I used to sit at my desk and at some point in time was always asked to conduct a competitive review and always kept my eye out for what the competition was doing. Now, when you own your own business, you will always take that exercise very personally because you are most often a one-woman sometimes one man show, a one woman show, and you can't help but take things personally. So very helpful if you can step outside of your own persona, pretend you're doing this job for somebody else. Pretend me, Kathleen, I have given you a phone call and I've said, hey, Amanda, could you conduct a competitive review for me using this business and these two or three other businesses who are all competing in the same space? right? So let us take some of the emotion out of it and try and not do this on a personal level. And do not, whatever you do, do not get sucked into the vortex of thinking everybody else is better than you. Because I am going to help you overcome that. And I am going to talk you through how to do this little exercise. It is worth doing, I mean, you can do it as rarely as like once a year, but it is just, if you've never done this before, if you've been in business for three, for five, for 10 years, it is 100% worth doing. You can spend as little or as much time on it as you like. You could say, I'm gonna set the timer for 60 minutes and I'm just gonna do a job. I don't care. Probably don't spend like a week on it. I wouldn't worry too much about it, but I would, Give yourself an afternoon at the most, one pot of tea at the very most, right? This doesn't need to be the world's greatest gift to competitive reviews. This is meant to be helpful for you to do. So there is, as I like to do, a little bit of a freebie, a Google Sheet that you can save to your own Google Drive. If you go to thrivepodcast.co backslash 19, and you can either spell it out or you can put in the numbers one nine, or you can just go to thrivepodcast.co and then you'll find your way there. But, or I should also say, you can also just go to the show notes and click the link in there and then you'll be taken to it. You will need to save the sheet to your own Google Drive in order to be able to adapt it and change it. But this is a very worthwhile exercise and I will talk you guys through the ins and outs and the how tooses. Hoses chooses. So opening up my little document and it is a chart that on the left hand side has a few different headings and then along the top you are going to insert the name of the businesses you would consider yourself being in competition with. So if you own a brick and mortar retail business then put the names of the businesses who other customers might ring to fulfill the service, to deliver the product, to do the thing that you do. If you're not even a florist and you're listening to this, if you're a photographer, put in the other businesses that your client might consider or might go to as an alternative to you, right? So your competition is somebody, a business, who might fulfill the need that you're looking to fulfill, right? So if you're Apple, your competition might be, I don't even know who's still in business. It might be, and so I should say, I'm going to be a little bit over the map today because I'm pretty excited, but 
if you're Apple, you almost need to niche down one little bit and say, okay, what product are you selling? Oh, okay, so you are selling your phone. You're selling the Apple iPhone. So what other product could a customer buy that would fulfill the same service as an Apple iPhone? Right? So it could be the Google phone. It could be, I don't know, whatever, Android. It could be a good old Motorola flip phone. It could be whatever product directly provides the same service as the Apple iPhone. So you need to do the same thing for your business. So if you are a wedding and events florist based in a specific location, let's just say you are based in Melbourne and you are a wedding and events florist based in Melbourne. Who else do you want to put on this list as your direct competition? If you are on a preferred venue list, one of the easiest things to do is to put the other vendors in your category who are also on that list, right? So we're on the preferred vendor list of a few venues down here, and I know who the other florists are who are on that list, I would absolutely, if I was evaluating our wedding and events business, I would absolutely put those other businesses as business A, business B, and business C. If I'm evaluating our brick and mortar retail shop, I would put the other brick and mortar retail shops that are in our area on this list. So they would be business A, business B, and business C. Then you would also on this chart put in your business name. Right. So remember that you do need to be quite specific in terms of what is the product or service that you are offering. So that is why that's listed at the top. The very top of the chart, you will then see products and services offered. So I will talk you guys through and give you a few examples in terms of our wedding and events business. And there are definitely two other very well-established, sophisticated, beautiful floral designers who I would compete against, who are based in this area, I would then, because we're in a very unique situation, I would then, as the business C, I'm actually going to not necessarily put in a specific business name. What I am going to say as business C is high-end boutique Sydney wedding and event florist, right? There's a few that jump to mind and I know that there's a whole heap of florists who'd be real excited to travel down to the Highlands for a wedding, right? So my business A that I'm competing against is based here. Same thing with business B, also based in this footprint. Then I'm going to say business C is actually a boutique wedding and events designer from Sydney who's willing to travel, right? And then at category four, I should say line number four is your business. So you can decide and you are allowed to set the rules as to whoever, whomever, whatever you want to decide your competitive or your competition is. If you run an online business, it's very possible that your competition is actually other online businesses, right? So put a little bit of thought into who you actually want your competition to be. And I know that language sounds a little bit crazy because you're going to sit there and say, but Kathleen, I do not want competition. And I am going to put my hand up in your face and say to you, wrong, 100% wrong. You absolutely do want competition. 
and I shall jump in and explain a few reasons why you want competition. One, if you're looking at just starting out a business and you see that there is somebody who's already started, that means that there is appetite. That means, in particular, if that business has been in business for multiple years, that there is consumer demand for that business. So do not convince yourself, do not rationalize to yourself, and do not talk yourself out of starting your business because you think somebody else has already done that job, right? There's always, always, always room for more. And the reason that you then, particularly if you are just starting your business out, and you're thinking somebody's already started this business, 100% you want to go through this exercise because once you finish this exercise, you're going to figure out what your point of difference is, what your greatest strengths are, and that's going to give you focus. So reason number one that competition is a good thing is it means that it demonstrates that there is already consumer demand for your service or offering or product. Reason number two is it brings focus to your business right? So we run a busy retail floral design business, everyday flowers, flower delivery, all the things. We compete directly in terms of floral deliveries. We compete directly against four other brick and mortar shops. There's a few other boutiques who are happy to do periodic floral deliveries there's always the green grocers and there is one in particular who invests a lot of money in flower product and they have somebody on staff who can kind of throw a bunch together. They do not deliver flowers, but they are also happy to bring flowers in by special order from the market. So in a way, they are definitely in competition with us, but we recently went through this exercise from our retail business point of view And it has reconfirmed and pointed to us that the things that we are focusing on in our business are very important and they're what is going to separate us from the competition, right? So competition is a good thing because it brings focus to your business. Finally, I believe that competition is a good thing because it gives consumers choice, right? So we have a retail floral business that's been around for 30 plus years. At one point in time, I'm sure it was a little bit of a monopoly. And then as this community and as this area has grown, as the population has increased and more florists have opened up shops, I think that is a very good thing because it has given our customers a point of comparison right? It means that you need to step up your game and you need to become the best at doing that job possible, right? So I hand over heart believe that competition is a very good thing. You can agree to disagree with me, each to their own, but I believe competition is a good thing, right? So why then go through a competitive review, As I said earlier, it's going to bring so much focus and clarity to your business and to your service offering and to understand what is important to your ideal customer that you are going to fucking smash it. So in our little chart that you are going to download at thrivepodcast.co slash 19, or you're just going to go to the show notes and click the little button button, 
Then you're going to put in the top little pink bit, you're gonna put in your competition. You can decide to have two or three or even more. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. Definitely, you need to have at least one, right? The more businesses you have up here, the longer this exercise is gonna take. But you will intuitively know, 100% you will intuitively know what other businesses you want to have in that top section. So then the next line is products and services offered. So when it comes to our wedding and events business, I know that the first florist that I'm thinking about also offers styling services, right? So she has a beautiful catalog of candles and accessories. I think she will source linen. She'll do all the things. I'm sure she'll coordinate signage. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. She's got great taste. So styling services, large-scale installations, table arrangements, bouquets, wiring, archways, you know, all the standard kind of stuff that we would supply, right? So that includes large-scale installations, which is something we love doing. Then I know, okay, so business B is a one-woman show. Her preference is for table arrangements, beautiful bouquets. She will do archways. She certainly steers her clients clear of doing installations. And that is purely, and I give her so much credit for this, that is purely because she has two kids. Her family is important to her. She does not necessarily want to have to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go do an installation. I think that is brilliant. Right? I give her so much credit because she knows she can make and set up the business that she wants doing the work that she wants to do. She doesn't necessarily need to promise all the things to all the people. Right, Her uber niche is all about like beautiful, well-curated, hand-picked, wonderful textures and color palettes and super deep, rich, moody, well-crafted design. Like an artist of all artists beautiful work, right? Business C, I'm going to pick somebody who's based up in Sydney who has beautiful work, has been in business for quite a while, and really big Instagram following because I know that's something that's going to dwell on your minds, right? So that business that's based up in Sydney doesn't necessarily coordinate styling. They will do large-scale installations and they will do abundant floral creations very similar to us right and then there is your business so you're going to work through this chart from the top down so you've got your businesses listed and then you've got products and services offered do not be surprised if you feel like everything under all your competition and yourself you're all offering the same products and services right it's very common everybody's going to be offering the same products and services if anybody's offering something unique like they're getting into signage or they're doing styling or they're doing i don't know cake making wedding planning whatever right like whatever niche you're in and your competition is offering something like supplementary or in addition just make a note of it right but also don't be surprised if everybody's kind of offering the same thing that's quite normal right if you compare this to something like apple and you're doing competitive review for their phone basically everybody is offering phone service smart phones ability to have a device that manages your life, right? Connections to apps, etc., etc. On the surface of it, everybody's offering a very similar solution to the customer's problem, right? 
Then the next line down is pricing. So this is sneaky, or you might think it's sneaky, but it is just about doing a competitive review. Ask a friend, ask your brother, ask your sister, ask your niece, ask your mom. Somebody who is one step removed from you to contact each of your competition and ask them for a price guide, for a welcome pack, for whatever, pretend like they're getting married. Now, you might get the shits with me for suggesting that you do that. I want you to be very mindful about not wasting or misleading anybody's time and energy. There is no harm in emailing a florist and asking about a price list. They have every right to email you back and say, hey, thanks so much for getting in touch. Here's our process. And if they require you to fill in a questionnaire to put a price list thing together, then that's absolutely fine. You can stop there. But just if you can get your hands on their price guide, on their welcome pack, whatever it is, right? And or if you feel bad about that choice, then just go to their website and figure out what you can figure out. Many florists have some sort of pricing on their website. So I know business A, she has a minimum of $3,500 plus tax plus labor, right? So you're going to be spending closer to at least five dollars to $6,000 at a bare minimum with her. Business B, I know she has a minimum and I cannot remember whether it's $3,500 or $5,000, but she has a minimum, right? Business C also has a minimum. Right? So that's all I'm going to price in there because I'm not necessarily going to go through the effort of getting their full price list. I also know from my own experience and having talked to these people and being connected to these people how much they happen to charge for some things. But I actually use that to help inform the price points that I want to be sitting at. Right? So if you want to, do not hesitate to have somebody in your family, somebody in your friendship ring, contact some of these florists and ask for their price lists right? There's no harm in that. Or just go to their website and see what you can find out. Now, question number three is just outlining how long have they been in business for, right? So business A, in this instance, for us, business A has been in business, I want to say, for probably 13 years, right? Previous owner started it from scratch, started it from zero, started it from nothing. She's brilliant at what she did. She chose to move her life in a different direction and sold the business to one of her staff members maybe three years ago, right? Business B, she started her business, I want to say, about six years ago. She has been working as a florist for something like 20 plus years, right? But I know she started her business about five years ago. Business C, I think, started her business about five years ago as well, also has about 10 years of experience behind her before then. Our business started five years ago, right? So that's just almost much more factual information. Now, what becomes interesting here is if you've got a newcomer to the market, if somebody's come in and has started their business around six months ago, definitely make a note of that. If somebody has been in business, if I was doing this exercise for our retail business and somebody had been in business like 30 years, like our shop has been in business for 30 years, the other two of the other retailers who are down here have been in business for almost as long and then there's a giant gap in timeline and then there's I would put business C on this chart has been in business for I think she's been around for four years and then somebody new just opened up late 2018 so it's just very good to understand what's happening in this community and happening in this kind of industry in your sector so business structure now it's very possible that in every case, you have 
In all three cases in this instance of me doing this competitive review, I would say all three are female business owners, and then all three bring in freelancers when they need support and help. I'm not sure any single one of them actually has any full-time staff. And then under our business, our business structure is we have two directors slash owners, so that's Sloan and I. We have a full-time retail business manager. We have a full-time wedding and events manager. We have one, two, three, four casual staff, plus we'll bring in freelancers as needed, right? So our business structure is very different to the other people that I'm putting on this list, right? So don't be afraid if somebody kind of stands out from the crowd in terms of your competition. If their business structure is quite different, just make a note of that. Right? Now, this next question, position in the market, is, can be a little bit tricky to figure out, but this is where you want to spend a bit of time going to their website, go to their Facebook, go to their Instagram, go to however, you know, if they advertise in a wedding and events magazine, however you want to find them. Right? How are they pitching themselves to their ideal customer? right? What words are they using in their language? What um, is the style of imagery? What types of flowers are they using in their imagery? What kind of stuff are they talking about on Instagram? Anything in terms of how they are, in quotes, marketing themselves to their ideal customer, right? So business A in this instance, I would say they're absolutely wholeheartedly going after like the hopeless romantic. So an abundance of roses, majorly focused on creams, whites, pastels, and elegance and styling and a little like Parisian flair and very feminine. Any words that jump to mind when you're looking at their Instagram feed at their website? In fact, in many instances on their website, you can actually pull out the language and how they talk about themselves, right? So then business B, in my competitive review, she is much more like bold, jewel tones, like intense but in a very positive way I'd say very well crafted very well curated premium 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 right business c I would say is unique textures and tones an abundance of flowers lots of premium like phalaenopsis unique use of archways and hoopas and installations a unique mix of integrating like large tropicals into what she's creating, using plants, using bold color palettes, like lots of corals and peaches and pinks. And then you're going to do the same thing for your business. If you can, stand back, look at your website like a customer would. Come at it for the very first time, right? So how are you pitching yourself to your ideal client? What are the words that might come to mind in looking at your website and at your Instagram? That is a little bit tricky to do because you are going to have your own emotional intent around what you're trying to communicate. But if you can take yourself out of your own shoes for a minute and just look at these things and say, okay, if somebody new was to come to my website, how would they walk, what would they walk away with? What emotions would they walk away with? What are the primary colors that you're using? What is the language that you're using? What is the feeling that you're creating, right? So that's what you want to do when we talk about evaluating their position in the market. Now, 
Next line down, and this might take a little bit of thinking, is what is the primary point of differentiation? So I will put a giant asterisk in here because I want you to remember that this point of differentiation needs to be something that is very relevant to your ideal customer, right? So here's a little story is that we have a brick and mortar retail shop down here that likes to pitch itself as very artistic and very creative. Now, does that matter to our customer? No, it doesn't. And that's totally fine. They are allowed to do what they want in terms of their business, but I know that what they're trying to do in terms of attracting our ideal customer, they're doing something that just does not resonate with them, right? So just look at what other businesses are doing, the people that you're looking at within your competition, and try to figure out what are they hanging their hat on in terms of what is their key point of difference. How are they separating themselves out from you? How are they separating themselves out from the competition, right? This is going to just take a little bit of work and a little bit of thinking. Sometimes, Sometimes the key point of differentiation, and particularly if you're a retail business with a brick and mortar shop, sometimes your point of differentiation is simply your location and or it's simply the fact that you've been around for a long time. That is absolutely a key point of differentiation. It could be that your key point of differentiation or something you want to hang your hat on is that you have won XYZ Wedding Vendor Award 27,000 times. It could be that you have a five-star rating on Google. It could be that you only use the most premium blooms. It could be that you like to burn sage before you do your weddings and events. It could be that you make your bouquets while doing a handstand. It could be that you like to wear yoga pants. It could be that you drink tea. It could be that you have the cutest labradoodle in the entire world. It could be anything. This is going to sound freaking nutso. That point of differentiation could be anything. Just remind yourself that it needs to be something that's going to be relevant to your ideal customer. So then the juicy bit, what are these last two sections? What are the strengths of each of your competitors? And then what are the weaknesses of each of your competitors, right? So every business out there, particularly if it's been in business for more than three days, is going to have strengths that they rely on. I know for a fact, one of the reasons that our business is still in business it's because we provide phenomenal customer service. Now, not every business owner realizes that providing phenomenal customer service, regardless of the business that you're in, is going to make or break your business. I am happy to tell you guys, if you want your point of differentiation to be something that you know you can deliver on, make it phenomenal customer service right? You do not need to be the world's greatest gift to floral design if you have phenomenal customer service. If you go above and beyond, your customers are going to come back, right? So your strength and your key point of differentiation could be, could absolutely be phenomenal customer service, right? A strength could also be the fact that you source all of your product locally. It could be that you focus on domestically grown flowers. It could be that you only ever use roses. It could be that you only ever use a specific combination of blue delphinium and pink dyed baby's breath, whatever you want it to be, right? So Anything that you want to consider a strength for you and then do the same thing with your competition, right? I would absolutely say in my evaluation of blah, 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 competition A, business A, 
I would absolutely say one of her strengths is the fact that she does provide styling, that she does have very cohesive and she has a very, I wouldn't necessarily say unique design style, but she has a very cohesive and desirable aesthetic, right? I would also say one of the strengths of Business B is the same thing. It just appeals to a different audience, right? The fact that her color palettes are so intense, so deep and so rich, and that her creations are so well photographed and that they're beautiful is a definite strength of hers, right? In both the instances, I would actually then also say they both have the weakness of the fact that they have a minimum. That weakness, and any time our competition has a weakness, that is something that might matter to your ideal client, you can absolutely capitalize on it, right? So we, because we own a retail business, are happy to capitalize on the fact that our major competition down here has a minimum. That means that we're also happy to take on smaller budget weddings and fill that gap, right? It doesn't mean that they're less profitable, it means that we can carve out our own little market share knowing our competition has minimums of 3500 and or 5000 so we can carve out these little opportunities for ourselves and make a little bit of good money. So once you have gone through this exercise, and particularly as you get to the pointy end of the stick, which isn't a stick and it's not pointy, so that's not relevant at all. <laughs> but once you get to the bottom of the chart, you'll notice you get through the strengths and you get through the weaknesses. You will have so much clarity as to where you can focus and where you can move your business to, right? This exercise of going through your primary point of differentiation and the strengths and the weaknesses, that is where the gold sits, and I will reiterate to you guys, do not feel like you need to spend 20,000 hours working on this, right? You will know off the top of your head who your competition is, right? So much of the value of this exercise is simply going through the exercise and writing this stuff down. You know the answers to these questions, right? You probably only need to go out there and look at their website for five minutes and possibly, if you feel sneaky, in sending an email about the, getting their price list, right? All of this stuff you can fill in within an afternoon. And it is going to provide you with so much clarity as to how to position and pitch your business and your solutions and your offering in direct competition with these other businesses, right? Like you will absolutely be able to carve out your own space your own little part of the world, your own little part of the internet after you've gone through this exercise. And I really do hope that that's helpful. So I hope I haven't confused you too much. I hope this is a helpful exercise. If any of it does not make sense, please send me a message. Please send me an email. All the things. Always happy to do a follow-up. And... I do just hope this has been really helpful. So that's what I'm going to say about that. I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Don't forget, and I'm going to reiterate this because I do think this is important. Because I also think I'm going to interrupt myself and say, make sure you go back and listen to last week's episode about my top tips for staying in your own lane. Because one thing I want all of us to stop doing is spending time on Instagram comparing ourselves to everyone else who's out there running a floral design business, right? If it doesn't make you feel good, if it doesn't inspire you, stop following them. 
Now, I will tell you guys, I do not follow the direct competition in this area because it did not make me feel good. It did not make me feel good to say, oh, that person landed that person's, you know, that business landed that person's booking, right? That's not helpful. It is not helpful to anyone, right? It does not help you move forward with your life. It did not make you feel empowered. It does not help you in any way, shape or form. So stop beating yourself up and stop berating yourself. And if you can, stop following the competition, right? Your business, your rules, your life. So I can't even remember what I was going to say two minutes beforehand because I just got really excited by that whole idea. But I do hope this helps you guys to sort through what it is you should be focusing on in terms of how you communicate and market and advertise yourself and promote yourself and talk about yourself and help you understand what it is and what little niches your competition has carved out and where you can kind of grow your business offering. So as always, if you guys have any questions, send me a message on Insta. So if you're not following me, it is at Little Bird Bloom. Send me an email, go to the website and you can go to thrivepodcast.co and you can send me a question directly from there. You can send me show ideas, all of the good things, right? Thank you guys to anybody who sent me an email. I so love hearing from you. And this is just such a fun journey. So thank you for coming along on this experience with me. I hope everybody is doing well and I shall talk to you guys soon. And I love you and take care of yourself. Drink a liter of water and go to bed. Okay, and I'll talk to you soon. I love you. Have a good day.